good. But they're none of that, you know. They, I, I tell them straight, I said, man, do you pray? Do you read your Bible? <laughs> I, don't, I don't see you consistently coming to church. And yet, these guys, listen, they, they want a Barbie, but they're not a Ken. <laughs> in, in other words, be, be the man, be the woman that you want to marry. You got to get, you know what, in your single years, listen, no one wants mama's boy or mama's girl. No one wants to marry that kind of person. But someone who's got this conviction that says, you know what, I'm going to put in some work while I'm single. I'm going to work on my character now. Anyways, that's another sermon I want to preach this morning about healthy marriages. Because this is what I want to preach on today, healthy marriages. I want to preach a message I've entitled, I Still Do. And marriage is so important. Marriage, you know what, that you can, I can preach on so many angles in terms of marriage. Preach, and I'll preach on these, you know, sex within marriage. Uh, marriage and kids, God and marriage. But today, I want to touch on healthy marriages. Because, you know, we could believe God and say, God, bring in revival, bring in souls. God, we need more souls to come and get saved. Yes, but w- what about this? God, bring revival in marriages. God, bring revival that when single people come in, that they get this conversion, that true conversion takes place, that they want to seek to get married. Not just be single and, and fornicate and run around. No, no, no. Look towards a getting married. Come on. This is the church. This is what we're talking about. Because if we don't talk about sex in the church, listen, where are you going to get the information from is the world. If the church isn't preaching it behind the pulpit, they're getting it behind pornography. Woo, come on, if the church ain't talking about it, <laughs> if, if Christian people aren't talking about sex in marriage, guess where they're getting it from? They're getting it from their friends. They're getting it from all different sources. But listen today, we need to get the source of marriage and sex and all that from the Bible. Can you say amen? amen. Come on. Yes. Woo. Hey, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been married now. Uh, you, I've been married for 12 years, and I want to say, you know what, this, is, this has been a, a great blessing. I got married when I was 21 years old. You know, my mindset was, man, I don't want to get married. I wanted to just live for the world, live for myself. I was, uh, you know what, be the player. Man, I kicked my old self and be like, man, get your act together, Bobby. But you, but you know what ended up happening? I got saved. And I, I'm, I'm talking about, I don't just come to church and play. No, no, I got saved, I got converted, and I wanted to live for Christ. And so every single person here today, you listen very carefully. You've got to get some convictions. Be a man of character. Be a woman of prayer. Be a man of prayer. And you watch. The Bible is so clear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. He'll direct it relationally. Come on. He's the Lord of the rings. (laughs) Many people are chasing after this, man. Everyone's chasing after this, but they need to be seeking God. There's a quote that says, you know what, a man, a woman's heart, right, get this, needs to be lost in God. And the only way for a man to get to her is to seek Him. A woman's heart needs to be lost in God. That for a man to be like, you know what, I'm not seeking after her, I'm seeking God. And what God does is God goes, you know what, yeah, you're trusting in me. Yeah, I see you trusting me too. And God goes, you know what, I'll direct your path. Boom. Brings people together. You don't have to try and manipulate. You don't have to, hey, play that genuine if you're. <laughs> no, 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 man. I'll tell you, God's way is the best way. Can you say amen? All right. We need to get started, man. I'm not even down to the, the text. 
Yeah, here we go. So I want to preach a message called, I Still Do. Because you know what? Marriages need to last the longevity and we should always come back. You know, the, the vows shouldn't be just stayed for the, the ceremony, the you know, reception. Oh, say I do. No, I do should be every single day. I still do. I still love it. Well, brother, we'll talk before this, uh, after the service. But let's, I want to preach on this morning, I still do, out of Ephesians 5, chapter 22. And uh, there's a lady, just before she was getting married, she said, you know, I heard a lot of these advices of what, uh, you know, marriages were. And uh, most of them, she says, is this, keep a date night. Make your relationship the first priority. And thirdly, never go to bed angry. And she said, her future husband-in-law gave her the smallest piece of advice before the wedding. And this is what she says. And it found to be the most helpful. And it was this. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. And she, she says this. I had enough self-awareness on that day to know this would not come easily to me. If there were ever a place where I would feel justified to harbor bitterness and keep a tab on the ways I have been wronged, it would be within marriage. Where else would I share such a wide array of intimate moments with one person? Space, money, parenting, responsibilities, highs, lows, personal time, the bedroom. Becoming one is more, is about more than sex. It requires a level of vulnerability that opens the door for deep hurt and letting go of those wounds was going to require more change than I would like to submit to. And so let's read our text this morning, Ephesians 5 chapter 22 it says this wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord the key right there as to the lord 23 for the husband is head of the wife as also christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body therefore just as the church is subject to christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything word to the husbands in verse 25 husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Verse 31, let's skip down to there. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. God, I pray, Father God. I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, bring revival in marriages and also bring revival in weddings, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would bring single people that have a true conversion, God, that they would seek you first and that they would get married. And we would see revival in, in marriages and we would see marriages restored, God. And I pray, God, this morning, let your word be sent forth into our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. So number one. If you're taking note, I want to consider the offending party this morning. The word offend means to cause displeasure, anger, or wounded feelings. The word offending party, or the phrase, it means someone that is causing a problem that needs to be dealt with. How many know all relationships, all marriages will undergo incidents where you're going to be offended? Amen? There's going to be times that you will offend someone. Yes, there are going to be times where you will be offended. Jesus talks about this often. He says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 7, listen to this, for offenses must come. Say it with me, for offenses must come. 
And so many times we would like to think it's so perfect that we go, oh, I'll do this, you do that. Yeah, cool. And then all of a sudden offenses come and we're just like, what? I didn't expect this. I, this is not what I signed up for. Who are you telling me what to do? Excuse me. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? But we need to be mindful. You know what? Hey, listen, offenses will come. Luke 17, it's impossible, Jesus says, that no offenses should come. And so saying that, we got to learn to forgive and forget. Marriages, listen, you'll have disappointments. You'll have upsets. There'll be times that you'll get offended. You'll suffer violations. Sometimes it'll be deliberate. Sometimes it'll be unintentional. And I preach for myself, man. Husbands can be notorious for forgetting the wedding anniversary. (laughs) Husbands can be notorious for getting birthdays. I remember this one time. I get this. I wrote a birthday present to Zara, and I was I, I, like handwritten it. Beautiful. You know, I, I used to be a tagger. I used to be, you know, and so I'm pretty good with sign writing. Oh, I think I was. <laughs> and so I, I was right. Happy birthday. Nice block letters. Beautiful. Colored it in. And I said, oh, yeah, happy birthday. And I got her age wrong. Man, I was like, happy birthday, baby. She's like, oh, excuse me. You think I'm like, you know, 34. I was like, hey, what? I thought you were 30. No, I'm 32. Oh, (laughs) come on, man. And she was like, oh, thank you anyway. But deep inside, she was like, I'm offended. I'm offended. (laughs) But you know what? In times, in your marriage, you you will face offenses. You will be offended at times. Marriage counselors agree most fights happen around finances. Listen, you'll begin to have disagreements when it comes to money. You'll be, you'll have some times where you're just like, you spend how much on the groceries? What? You spend how much with that? And it's like, oh my God. And so fighting begins. And, and so listen tonight, disappointments will happen even when it comes to finances. Someone in your relationship will feel neglected. Either one person is just so committed to their job and all of a sudden their spouse feels neglected. You know, someone is being full on in, even in church, the ministry. Go, 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 go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, the spouse is left behind and not feeling loved anymore. I want to say, you know what, in, in your walk with Christ, you've got to make sure the priority is this. God first. God first. Your marriage, your kids, then ministry. Not ministry first. Not, not, no, 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 listen. It's got to be God first. Then your marriage. Then your children. Don't fit your children. Don't try and fit your life with your children, though. Let your children fit your marriage. Most of the times, marriages be like, oh, yeah, we've got to do it with the kids. Got now, listen, that's what will happen when you begin to be drift apart because now the emphasis is on your kids and then you grow apart. But the core foundation for a family needs to be, you know what, the husband needs to be committed to the wife. The wife needs to be committed to the husband. And there's a strong bond. Amen. Because both of them are surrendered to Christ. And that's the key. Submitted to God. Loving Christ. You know what? It's amazing that with this particular uh, mindset, it's saying, you know what? I'll I'll surrender myself. Because I love Christ. Because I love Jesus. And the reality is this, you know what, our marriages, listen, you're a couple here this morning, you're going to be facing some offenses. And so I want to take a detour here because most of the times in these disappointments and upsets normally involve words. This is where it gets kind of tricky, kind of sticky. Oh, you're in your marriage and you say words and it's kind of like, oh, you walk away, it's like, ah. 
I shouldn't have said that. Ooh, man. I, ooh. <laughs> and then, but it's too late now. It's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> it's, you got to run away. Take, get, get in your car. Run away. It's like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And we, we speak words in these times, in these moments, in the heat of the moment when our emotions are coming up. In a fit of rage, we say things that we regret. James chapter 1 verse 19. I want you to write this verse down. It's so important for every marriage, even in your relationships with friends. James chapter 1 verse 19 says this. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen. Let every man be swift to hear, meaning quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the regret? Can you imagine all the hurt that could be avoided and saved? Simply applying this verse, quick to listen, instead of running our mouths. Instead of saying things that we'll regret down the path. And our text says, wives, submit to your husband. That's not a domineering term, but it's a loving term. As to the Lord is the key. To the Lord. You're not submitting to Him, you're submitting to God. That through marriage, you're saying, you know what, God, I'm submitting to you. And then to the husband, it says, husband, love Christ. He will lay down his life for his wife, just as Christ loved the church. In other words, here is this husband, right? He decides to say, you know what, even though I'm wrong, even though I feel like I'm right, I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to prefer not to fight. I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ because the way he loved me, was the way to forgive and for the wife as well to submit to her husband is saying you know what God I'm going to submit to you because of the way that you loved me that you endured the cross for me I'm going to submit myself to you and right there get this it's done through a spirit of humility that both parties are taking this position or this heart posture of humility I don't care if I'm right. I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm just going to submit to Christ. I don't care if I, you know what, I'm, I'm wrong. Listen, I still do. I still love you. I still do. And it's through humility we learn to forgive. It's through humility that we have this understanding. Listen, what Christ done for me, I can't harbor it forever. I need to forgive. I need to release. And here's the problem though. Many people don't forgive. Many people don't release a spouse. They get old. They get cold, sorry. They get cold, old, and bitter. <laughs> With some, it just happens to be a convenience now that they're just living together in a household, in the same house. Not talking to each other, not loving each other, just simply living inside the same house. And marriage counselors, and these books have been written, so many of them, they've found that the number one thing that caused divorce was this. Because they lost the feeling of love. Now, one moment they were head over heels in love with each other. They couldn't get their hands off each other. You know what? They wanted to be with each other. But all of a sudden, through disappointments, things start, you know what, begin to get cold in their hearts. Things begin to get tough and they begin to hold these grudges, never forgiving. And so time goes on and they lose the feeling of love. Why don't you look at me that way anymore? Why don't you love me anymore? Why don't you hold my hand like you used to? Why don't you open the door like you used to for me? Why don't you do these things that we, because we've gone 
cold in our hearts. Forgiveness is not a part of our heart. Humility is now being distant from our marriages. But listen, we got to come back to Christ. Come back to the foundation of Christ. Where we begin to say, you know what, God, I can't do this. It's humility that takes place. Let's talk about releasing the past. Because in your marriage, in your relationships, you've got to be willing today. You've got to be willing to bury the past and not resurrect it. Amen. So many times, and I've done this, I'm guilty of this. You know what? It's like, yeah, you go through this. But you said this the other day. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't resurrect it. <laughs> it's buried under the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, in the Bible, God made provision for the children of Israel to be released from failure. Failure of debt and slavery. And in the Bible, it talks about every 50th year in Israel. Get this right. It was declared to be a year of jubilee. The year of jubilee was people who owed these debts. People who were, who were enslaved would now begin to walk free. This would be the year of release. That those who were slaves were now free. This was the year of liberty, of jubilee. And the word jubilee means a year of emancipation. I can't even say that word. And restoration kept every 50 years. So in other words, every 50 years, people would go free. Leviticus 25 verses 8 through 11 is where you find it. It says this, And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself. Seven times seven years. And the time of seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years. Then you shall cause a trumpet of jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. And so three things happen in the year of jubilee. Number one, liberty was proclaimed to all Israelites who were in bondage. They become slaves through mistakes. They become slaves because of the debt they couldn't pay. Number two, there was to be a return of ancestral possessions. Possessions that they'd been compelled to sell because of poverty. What would end up happening is there'd be a restoration. God would restore things in these people's lives. And then thirdly, there'd be a year of rest for the land. They went to be, you know, go out and cultivate the land. They lived on what grew naturally. And previously through the years and their crops that had been stored. In other words, the slate had been wiped clean. It doesn't mean in your marriage or in your relationships you got to wait 38 years or 50 years to wait to forgive each other. No, no, no. It's not what's talking about that. God had provided for releasing of the past. God had provided with its hurts and bondages that the year of Jubilee is also called the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim, listen to this, the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus is saying, the year of Jubilee needs to be now. Jesus came to set you free today. Jesus came to set you and I free because we were once slaves to sin. Amen. 
We were once in bondage, but through Jesus Christ, through his salvation, that we could have now, you know what, be totally free. That whoever in Christ Jesus, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. That you know what? We could be free from our past. We can be free from our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross. The blood of Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ was able to pay it in full. And we ought to do the same for our spouse. To set them free. To release them from the debts and the bondages. You know what? Our marriages need to have a year of jubilee. There's got to be times where we say, you know what? I need to set you free. I've been holding on to these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you free. And can you imagine the revival that will take place within marriages? Where people don't hold on to grudges anymore. Where people and, and husbands and wives decide to surrender themselves and live according to the word of God. To submit to him. To love as Christ loves to take a posture of humility, to say, you know what, I still do. Even through disappointments, even through failure, I still do. Let's talk about thirdly, and I close with marital maintenance. Now, there are some things we need to cut off in our lives. There are some things that you need to cut off that are dead wood. You know, for plants to be healthy. I found this out because of my garden in the backyard. Things weren't growing. <laughs> and I realized, man, I, I got I to trim it. I got to do some cutting. God was speaking to me. You know, for plants to be healthy, you need to remove the dead leaves. You need to get rid of the branches that are holding, that are choking. And brings me to the text, John chapter 15, verse 1 through to 2. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Church, we need to bear more fruit. But it comes down to saying, you know what? I need to get rid of some things in my life. I, I need to get rid of unforgiveness. You're here this morning and you're still holding on to the pain. You're still holding on to the, the, the past, the mistakes that they've done to you. Let it go and be free in Jesus' name. Come on. We, life is too short for you to be holding on to things. Life is so short. Jesus Christ is coming back. Can you imagine now for all eternity, you're living either in heaven and you look back and you think, man, I was so silly that now all eternity I'm enjoying the presence of God, but yet I couldn't have let go. Oh, you'd be in hell. Unforgiveness. Jesus says, you know what? If you refuse forgiveness, forgiveness is refused to you. That's his word. Jesus is speaking. Listen, if you want to bear more fruit, cut some things off in your life. Life is too short. Amen. Can you say amen to this morning? Life is too short. We can't afford to hold on to hurts and resentments. Year and month and month and weeks and weeks, years go by. Learn how to forgive just as Christ forgave. Learn to release your spouse. This is how we're going to have a healthy marriage. Listen, put away those hurtful things in your marriage. Cut it off. Do some pruning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Pray along these lines. Again, this is the prayer. Our Father in heaven, we honor your holy name. We ask that your kingdom will come now. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Give us our food again today. As usual, forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. You know what? Look forward to life. Enjoy life. I mean, come on, like literally, have the best time of your marriage. Enjoy 
spending time with each other again. Where Christ can begin to bless your family, bless the union. That we don't look back at the issues, we don't dwell on them. You know what, yes, mistakes will come, but you know what, forgive. Don't relive them again and again. Don't begin to bring it up again. Marriages have got to understand there's going to be some mountains, there's going to be some valleys. There's going to be children involved, yes. There's going to be some financial downturns, extended family relatives that can affect your marriage. There might be health issues that will affect your marriage, but live today. Submit to God today. Submit to your husband. Love your wife just as Christ loved the church. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I still do. I still do. It's not just on the wedding day. I still do. I still love you through sickness and through health. I still do. Church, I'm preaching about marriage because we need marriages to take place in this church. We need our marriages to stay healthy because marriages are the bedrock of a community, of families. And if the church is not preaching marriage and sex, guess who's preaching it? It's coming out of your TVs. It's coming out of movies and music. That's teaching people about nothing about marriage. And so we need revival back in marriages. You're a single person here today. Listen, God has got a plan for your life. Well, work on yourself, man. Be a man of character. Grow up. Stop being a boy. Grow up. Girls, ladies, here this morning, be a woman of prayer. Don't live like the world. There's so many girls out there that just, they compete against each other. You be the separate one. Be the one that's different. Be holy, pure, sanctified. Listen, let God bless your life, young sister. I'm telling you, we need marriages, man. Our fellowship is so unique that it's built upon married couples that go out and preach the gospel. But can you imagine? Yeah, go out, preach the gospel in all the world, but there's no married people getting saved. Something's gone wrong. So let's contend for marriages. Let's pray revival in the married people here in this place. And let's keep praying. God, you do revival, not only in souls, but in marriages as well. Amen. You're here this morning and I want to give an invitation. Your heart is not right with God. I want to ask you the question today. You know your heart's not right. You know if you were to die today, you wouldn't make heaven your home. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Are you right with your God today? If you were to die, if you were to pass it to eternity, and you stand before Jesus Christ, will you stand before Him and say, Oh, Jesus, I did some good things here. Maybe it outweighed it. No, no, no. He's a just God that wants to begin to forgive people and He will serve justice. And you know you're not right with God, but today you recognize that. You say, yes, that's me. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes, my hand. Here's my hand. This is between you and God. Lift your hand and say, yep, my heart is not right with God. I know if I was to die today, I wouldn't make heaven my home. But today I want to be saved. Today I want to be forgiven. Come on, it's not about having a good life. It's about having eternal life. You're here today. You want to get saved. Come on, eternity is real. Get saved. Give your life to Christ. Don't play church games. Don't play around with church. Jesus is coming back. Give your life to Christ today. Today is the day. Don't hold off. 
you're a backslider. You once had a walk with Christ, but you've gone back into the world. You've gone back doing your own thing. Listen, there's still hope for you today. Christ loves you. He died for you. He loves you. Lift your hand and say, yep, that's me. I'm backslidden in my heart. I need Jesus. All across this place. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else want to join this honest heart? I see that hand. Anyone else want to join this honest people today? You would say, yep, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. You want to lift your hand with these honest people? Say, yep, amen, I see that hand. Anyone else? Honest people here today that want to give their life to Christ. Who else? Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? I see that hand. Amen. Thank God for people who are honest. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You want to give your life to Christ? This is it. We're holding on for you. The Spirit of God is moving in this place. And He's touching lives today. It's not about religion. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about just coming to church. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. You don't have a relationship today. Stop fooling God. Lift your hand and say, yep, that's me. That's me. I want to get saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. 